So, <laughs> I've been stalking you on Flickr. Oh, yeah? I have. I did. I yeah. I really don't I saw... use Flickr much. I... Are you more Instagram now? Yes. I use Instagram and, well, Twitter and um, what else do I use? I, yeah, I blog, I guess, um, which probably need to use it more. And dribble, I suppose. Yeah. I used to use Flickr a lot. It was where I put, well, I still put all my photos up there, but it was, I was passionate about Flickr and it was part of my morning routine. I would go there every morning, you know, with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, and you know, look at what other people have posted and comments and stuff. And Instagram totally took over from that. So easy. Yeah. Instagram. I mean, you know, like sometimes I'll press the Flickr button on Instagram and that's pretty much kind of my Flickr extent. Um, and every once in a while, you know, when Flickr updates their app, I might go in and spend a few days on Flickr, but, but other than that, you know. I'm, mm. I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm kind of curious to see how this auto update or uploading thing will work. You know, what Google Plus does and Facebook does and whether that'll be a drag or, or, uh, something that'll make it better. But yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know whether it was the, you know, since the Facebook buyout thing, but I've, I've, I've been less enamored with Instagram for like the last few months. And then today, you know, cause I've got a new phone. I got the 5S. Yeah. So did I, I got the, um, did you get the, the girly gold one? No, my wife did. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about me? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, that's a gorgeous phone though. I, it's really nice looking. It is. It is really nice. And what I did was I, I wanted to set it up as a brand new phone rather than doing a restore from a backup. Uh huh. So, you know, I, put all the apps on that I wanted to get on it and I you know, downloaded each one selectively and set it up as a new phone. So, you know, I had to log into all the accounts and stuff. And then I found out, I got a text last night. We were, we were at a gig and I got a text from my carrier mm -hmm. to say that I'd exceeded my data limit for the month already. And it's like, what is it? Yesterday, the 10th. And I'm thinking, crap, I've had the phone for a week <laughs> and I've just eaten all of my week, it's some pathetic amount that I pay for. It's like 500 mega or something. <laughs> um, and I basically burnt all of that in a week. And I'm thinking, what the hell is it? And then I realized that with the, the iOS new version of iOS 7, the version of Instagram that I've got now, the latest one, uh -huh. they, they turned off the setting so that you can stop autoplay video. Yeah, but so can't you turn that off for the, uh, for data? Yeah, you can. And it's a setting that I, you know, discovered to my after, cost afterwards, after the text, right? Yeah. So there's a couple of settings in there. You can turn off auto playing sound and you can turn off auto play a video, um, unless it's on Wi-Fi, which is now what I've done. But man, what a bugger. Because <laughs> I think it must just be so that you can't not auto play what? ads. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. I, I noticed wanna, they that. They want to put ads. Yeah, it, it now will autoplay if you're on Wi-Fi. It's either Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi and data. It's, it's either or. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it it doesn't hold the same kind of appeal for me as it did maybe six months ago. I don't know. Maybe it's just me being grumpy. <laughs> but I did. I saw I saw a picture of you that you posted from your, your cabinet in the woods <laughs> trip. <laughs> you know how like, writers what? will go off? And I think you even mentioned do, doing this once. You go off in the woods in a cabin and you just write. You write your novel. Yeah, but, yeah, and, yeah, but was I was just amazed thing. at the stuff that you took with you because most, yeah. most people had take an iPad or, you know, maybe the laptop. Not you. You took your bloody iMac. <laughs> I don't have a laptop. I don't have a MacBook um, or anything. I have an old <laughs> Dell that I bought in 2007. Um, and, uh, yeah. I, uh, Did you, what, you just wrapped the iMac in a blanket and stuck it in the, the trunk? 
No, actually, Apple did a really good job with their packaging on that. And so I kept it. It took me maybe a minute or two to package it up back into the box that it came with. And I'm talking like the actual brown box outside of the actual Apple box, the iMac box. And I just put that thing in the truck of the car. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was so quick. It was really nice. But yeah, I felt a little silly. (laughs) You were packing some serious hardware in that photo because it's like a Wacom there. Yeah, I had my <laughs> my uh, Intuos tablet and, and my iMac. And yeah, because my wife and I, we just wanted to go to um, kind of get away for a little bit. And, you know, I had some like personal projects I needed to catch up on. So and she just wanted to kind of relax and have one of those type of vacations where you really don't do much at all. So, man, we just. I just, you know, I brought my iMac and and it was actually a very productive time. I was actually quite surprised. I noticed you weren't working on my stuff, you bugger. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in that photo. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, we should actually we shouldn't talk about that today cuz we want that to be a surprise yeah. for the relaunch. So if I like blurt it out what we're working on, you'll have to bleep it out. Nothing. We know we know exactly. We're not going to we're not going to talk yeah. about <clears throat> anything. Okay. about that at all but yeah i mean it's funny you mentioned dribble because that is where i think i found you i think it is a year or more ago i think yeah. i was um looking i was definitely in the market for an illustrator at the time and it's really difficult isn't it you know you see portfolios um and often it's really difficult to get a sense of you know what people are doing right now because you know you sort of yeah portfolios don't necessarily represent everything that you know you're enthusiastic about doing you know at this moment yeah you're talking about portfolios in general or dribble yeah just yeah yeah no Um, websites website portfolios because you know mine's like a year out of date now so it doesn't reflect any of the stuff that we've done this year yeah um whereas dribble you know dribble is obviously by definition it's kind of you know more up to date and if somebody hasn't posted for you know a year then you <laughs> they're dead or in prison or something yeah or they just abandoned it i guess like, so yeah so does 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 that happen a lot to you do you get do you get random emails from englishmen on dribble <laughs> actually on i you? get i get more englishmen uh emails ever since working with you but uh which is kind of fun um yes actually i do get a lot of stuff from dribble um which is actually really nice. I, I, uh, I get a lot of inquiries and they're not the bad inquiries either. They're not the, um, the, just the, you know, can you create a logo for $2 type of inquiries? They're, I think they're serious inquiries. Um, you know, and I could still, sometimes I could still tell that they've like maybe copied and paste to a bunch of illustrators and I'm just one of them, but you know, but it, it, yeah. in general, I it's actually really nice. I mean, yeah. I mean, I the the pro version is like twenty bucks a year or something. It's the best twenty dollars spent in advertising all year, really. And I really i I don't really keep up with Dribble that much, which is kind of bad. Um, you know, I you know, you said it's kind of a platform to kind of post stuff that you do you're working on right now and. I really don't like doing that for client work. You know, like I'm not going to post stuff that I'm working on for you, especially because I hear you kind of want to make it a surprise. So I'm just going to respect that. And I kind of, I kind of like that um, surprise element. So I'm going to keep it as well. But like some of the other stuff. I never really thought about that because it's, it's, it's different maybe for illustrators than it is for, you know, web geeks because, you know, if I post a, a little snippet of a page that's, I don't know, form buttons or something, yeah. something really boring, that's all, that's it, all I've ever seen to post. It's like, hey, here's part of a form. Um, you know, it's fairly anonymous. You're not going to be able to pick up who the client is or, you know, what the project is from that. But, right. you know, yeah, if, if, if you post a picture of Karl Marx, then you're pretty much giving the game away. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, there's things you could post that still are pretty kind of vague. Um, yeah. Cause I was talking to Dan Cedarham on the show a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. 
and you know they're obviously working to what's the what's the posh word for this monetize dribble basically you know earn some money from it and they're introducing all of these revenue streams and you know the pro accounts and they've introduced like the jobs board and the hire me thing and whatever but i think we got together before all of that it was like did i send you an email i can't remember yeah you sent me an email i can't remember if it was through dribble or if it was just a separate email um I think it was after I did the pro version though, because I remember thinking I signed up for the pro account and the next day I had like five emails, all like serious inquiries, which is actual five serious inquiries in one day is a lot for me. <laughs> um, yeah, we need to, because they've introduced the teams feature on dribble. Right. Um, yeah. Fairly recently, I think. Um, and, you know, cause we're going to be redoing the site and redoing the portfolio. And I think that I'd quite like to, where possible anyway, you know, obviously the confidentiality thing is an issue, but I'd quite like to make dribble part of the portfolio in a way. So I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to do a, like a year zero thing. I'm just going to basically kill everything. <laughs> Every, all this kind of scrappy, crappy stuff that I've posted up so far, you know, all of the, you know, screen grabs of half completed right. slide decks and crap, you know, um, I'm just going to like zero all of that out and then we're going to start you know, using it properly. Yeah. I mean, it's a really cool tool to kind of, you know, when you create a project in Dribble and then you just start posting stuff for that project, I think that's where especially for like web designers, it's a really powerful tool. Um, especially if you're like posting sketches and comps and, you know, things like that, you know, really show your process. And mm, I think that's I love to interesting. See the workings out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, or even like, like, you know, you post like a picture of just some notes you took on something, you know, of course being an illustrator, that stuff kind of appeals to me, but, you know, because I know a lot of people are a bit kind of anti dribble, especially with, you know, lots of kind of redesigns of stuff. Ah, oh, let me let's redesign a bunch of iOS 7. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's kind of, and I can understand why people get the hump about that. Yeah. But there's a lot of finished work that sort of goes on there, which kind of almost goes against the, the, the purpose of what are you working on right now? which is, you know, what Dribble was about. Yeah, you know, I and I fall into that too. I, I, I tend to just post finished stuff, uh, mostly because I like to make sure if it's client stuff that it's already launched, um, you know, uh, unless they give me a specific go-ahead, you know, then I'll post something in progress. But I don't know, maybe I'm just uh, critical of my own sketches that I don't like to post that stuff or... I don't know. I, maybe I should start posting more of that stuff, especially if it's personal stuff, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, that's when I'll post more work in progress or stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And no, I've just been thinking that maybe our, maybe our online portfolio, the stuff that goes on the stuff site is polished and finished. Right. But then underneath that, we can, you know, link to, you know, the workings out that kind of goes out on, on dribble. Cause pe you're right. People love that stuff. Yeah, it really gives a, a behind the scenes of how you work, right? You know, that's one of the biggest questions when yeah, you know, we talk with new not, clients. It's how do you work? Like, how, what's yeah. the process look like? And I often say that when people work with, you know, a designer or an illustrator or, you know, photographer or whatever it is, that it's not just the finished work that you're buying. It's the experience that goes right, into right. doing that. So, you know, you're going to wanting to be showing off, you know, ah, okay, well, we went down a blind alley here, but, you know, we managed to pull it back and yeah, people love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So there's a lot, there's a real lot of stuff that I want to talk to you about today. <laughs> cool. But I tell you, let's just get the sponsor out of the way first. Sure. <laughs> I can do that because they're friends of mine. Are you, are you a fan of letterpress printing? Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Yes. Yes. I, um, yeah, it's actually, I think it's kind of big here in Portland. So I, sp 
Our sponsor this week, it's Blush, the letterpress printers. So Blush provide beautiful letterpress printing for designers and artists. And Mark, he's the guy that, that runs it, him and his people. They work with customers all over the world. So yeah, they even work with you, Josh, wherever you are. On one hand, Blush print on beautiful hand-engineered machines. Uh, they've had their printing presses rebuilt, so they're over a 100 years old, these things, but they're like new. It's amazing. I love them. Um, and Blush, they even make their own printing plates in-house too. It's like really old school. So on the other hand, they use the latest digital technologies just like we do. It's like they blend oil and ink and pixels, mixing the old and the new. And I think it's this and the fact that designers, they really want something traditional. Um, it's helping that letterpress printing revival. So letterpress printing is perfect for limited edition art prints, just like that wonderful, wonderful poster of the Brooklyn Bridge made of type that Cameron Moll launched his Kickstarter for today. Um, did you see that? Uh, we should talk about this in a minute. It's amazing. Um, anyway, Blush. Blush have, have worked with many artists and illustrators and typographers and designers, and they've created some wonderful posters and prints. So whether your artwork's digital or it's an original drawing, their presses can reproduce it in really, really fine detail. So, for example, they worked with Ollie Moss to print his spider boobs image. Um, and then another one that I really like is Tommy Nagel's film directors with beards and glasses print. <laughs> I'm going to like that because I like beards. Well, I don't like men with beards. Obviously, I like my own beards. <laughs> Let's just get that clear now. I'm not kind of, you know, a beard fetish guy. Um, I think we should stop there. <laughs> anyway, this print, it really, really, really shows off the detail in wow, the printing. The, Each the... little facial hair is um, is pressed into the paper that they've printed it on. It looks beautiful. So if you're looking for letterpress printing, blush are the people to go to. Take a look at some of their posters and the prints on their blog and go to blushpublishing.co.uk slash unfinished to find out more. Yeah, Cameron Moles. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Brooklyn it right now. Bridge. Uh, I mean, he's done a couple of these uh, buildings as type things before um 29 one, days to go in 17,000 and wow wow yeah, this thing is intricate it's gorgeous you should watch the video not right now obviously. no i won't <laughs> <laughs> right now but, let's put here but it's no it, it's amazing um so he's got like a couple colors it looks like you know, some he's of the, doing it in two colors the video yeah. shows him standing at the Brooklyn Bridge with a Pantone book, making sure that the marble and the granite, was it limestone and granite? I can't remember. Whatever yeah, I see, the bridge is yeah, I see that picture, yeah. Yeah, he's matching up the colour. Um, and he, they've picked, he's picked typefaces. There's a German typeface and there's another typeface that were around at the time that the bridge was built. So he's really gone into detail. Um, in terms of the history of the thing. And there's lots of hidden uh, names in the artwork. Uh -huh. So the designer and the engineer and some people that lost their lives actually building the bridge, wow. their names are all kind of embedded in the, in the print. How many people, how many people have, um, have backed it now? Uh, let's see. Oh, 189. Wow. Yeah, yeah I got to check this thing out. Man, this thing is... That's, wow. That's double um, what it was when I looked at it earlier. So Today? Yeah, I looked at it like an hour ago. <laughs> and they just launched... He just launched it today. Yeah, he's literally... I'm just looking at his blog post. So look at that. So yeah, it was... When I looked earlier on, it was not, just over $9,000 that he'd got. Um, and now it's... 17 now yeah. 17 and a bit thousand he's awesome <laughs> this thing is cool i might have to get it i might have to do this you should have yeah we, uh, what, what's the minimum now because when i looked earlier on it was one dollar minimum 
No, 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 no. To actually get something, you want to. Oh, I don't know. So the so the eighty dollars, eighty dollar bids are gone. Um, ninety dollar backers are gone. So yeah, it's gone up to a hundred bucks now. So plus ten dollars for shipping to you. Yeah, hundred dollar. Yeah. And they only print what fifteen hundred. Yeah, I think that letterpress printing is going to make it. Just sweet because of the. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to check this out. And I think it's printed by a shop in Utah because that's where Cameron used to come from. Yeah. So, yeah, beautiful. Wow. Love that thing. So, anyway, I saw some sketches. I think it was in your sketchbook the other day. Um, you see, I've been stalking you. you <laughs> I hope I post them online. <laughs> that would be scary. Yeah, so I, no, I just got CCTV installed in your house. Yeah. So I can check on whether you're working on my stuff. Or yeah, not. yeah. Anyway, no, you were, you posted a, a sketch of Walt and Jesse from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it, I'll put a, um, a link in the show notes to it. Um, uh, better on Walt. The Jesse, I'm not too sure. I was a, it was a stretch. Likeness yeah, there. I mean, Walt's <laughs> such a a recognizable. Oh yeah, figure. I mean, you can. I think anybody can draw Walt. I mean, it's just draw somebody with a hat and glasses and yeah. You, you did um, you did Carl from The Walking Dead as well a while back. Yes. Yeah. Something. Uh, what was that? Well, I I don't know. I I watch too much TV. So to kind of justify it, I think I kind of like just, I'll just draw the characters that I'm, of the shows I'm watching. So, uh, you know, obviously I did Carl back when season three of The Walking Dead was around. And then my cousin. The new one starts on Sunday. Yes, it does. I'm excited. We get that here. Well, I've, I've bought the season pass on iTunes. So I, I get to see it Monday. Yeah. I need to, I need to do that. I, that's how I watch it because I don't get that channel, but, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. And so my, uh, it's really expensive this time. It's $45. <laughs> I know. I think that's what it was last time. Really? Yeah. Uh, in fact, did I you just, get the HD. No, I just bought the SD last time because I just watched it on my iPad too. And it's not HD. So I just, but you know, I might have to do the HD this time, you know. Because who knows? I might be buying a new iPad once they announce them later. Yeah, <laughs> I'd watch the same, but I, I think I'm just gonna. Yeah, forty five dollars it was. Yeah, <laughs> you, my forty five dollars on TV. Yeah, I don't. You did, I don't buy expensive cable though, so you know, I just figured if I just kind of pay a la carte every once in a while, it's actually cheaper. Do you watch Doctor Who? Yes. Did you see that there's two lost episodes went on sale on iTunes today? Oh, I saw that. I, yeah. And actually I saw like maybe a week ago that they found, I don't know, maybe these were the same episodes or even different episodes that they found, um, some other episodes like in Libya or something. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere weird. Yeah. The ones this morning was from Africa or Nigeria or something. Well, what they were doing there, who the hell knows? But yeah, and the one I the the article I read the other day was there was from like Eastern Europe or something. These are these are like mythical. This is like Indiana Jones are sort of finding these things. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the lost episodes. It's so good. I've I've bought I bought both of those seasons today. Because <laughs> yeah. they're old, they're, Pat, they're they're Patrick Tratton ones, so I can just about remember him as a doctor because I'm old. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to to sitting down. I might watch. I might sit down and watch them tonight. Yeah, gosh, I haven't. The oldest Doctor Who I've seen was the uh, the newest um, Dan or uh, what's Christopher Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, when he started. So yeah. the newest. Uh, startup, which was almost eight years now, but that's when I started watching it. So I'm kind of, which I actually just started watching that, uh, maybe a year and a half ago. So yeah, I'm afraid I'm a, some I'm a of newbie. The, 
No, well, you should go back because they call it the classic series yeah. I mean, um, on iTunes. And you should go back and watch some of the uh, – John Pertwee was my doctor. He was the third doctor. Yeah, I hear the fourth and, one was big too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Well, that was Tom Baker. And he was he was a doctor for years, like seven years or something. Um, but John Pertwee, the, I mean, there's some classic, classic episodes. The Green Death is probably my favorite ever. Um which is where they just basically find these glowing green radioactive maggots in a mine. <laughs> but, you know, when I was a kid, you know, when I was kind of, you know, what, eight, this, it, it was terrifying. And, uh, oh man, this is too many to mention. Go, go and have a look. A lot of the really good ones are on iTunes. Yeah. I'll have to look. They're also on Netflix too. I don't know. Uh, they're the same ones. <laughs> we can get it. Oh no, it'd be the same ones. John yeah. Hicks and I, we're going to do, um, we're going to do a Doctor Who special. After the anniversary on the yeah, show, we're just going to basically screw business. We just talk about Doctor that Who. Sounds fun. Like I'll have hours. to listen to that. I, well, <laughs> actually, no. The problem is I'm behind on my Doctor Who. I, I'm about halfway through the seventh uh, series or season or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um. So I just watched the Angels Take Manhattan. That's, That's the, good. Yeah, that was an excellent episode. Yeah. Well, you need to catch up pretty quickly because. I will. November's I, I, obviously the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, and that's when uh what's his name? John uh, Hurt. John Hurts, and then uh the last doctor comes back, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. David Tennant's coming back yeah. too, so it's god oh, man. It's, it's, <laughs> we've been talking about every episode, so there's got to be a bit Doctor Who. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take the week off. No, <laughs> hey, I'm not I'm not gonna concentrate on anything else other than Doctor Who. You know what's funny? When I was when I was um I think I think it was ten years old. I lived on this cul-de-sac, and there was this girl lived like a couple of doors down, and she was like, she was kind of a very nerdy girl, and she talked about this show called Doctor Who. And I was like, "What is this show you're talking about?" I mean, this was back in maybe 1990 or something. And and I was like, I, and I've never heard of that show ever since then. I always thought it was a show she made up until maybe just a few years ago. So I, was, I always thought that was interesting. <laughs> I don't think it was big in the U.S. No, until not until the new stuff. Was it David Tennant or even no? Chris Will... Chris Eccleston was. I think that that's when it started to become big popular. here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. So back to back to drawing characters. Okay. Then, right, right? How far can you go? Do you think legally drawing or using? Um, you know, characters from movies or TVs. Cause we've, we've had conversations about this with, yeah, right. you know, like the nutty boy header. Um, and I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think we were probably on pretty dodgy ground. Probably. Do you say, yes. do, do you say dodgy? I, uh, do we? I we, mean, I, I, I know what you're talking about. I know what it means. So maybe. <laughs> well, we, yeah. We were on dodgy ground with some of those characters, I think. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah. the, not the fictitious stuff. I think we could, we were probably really okay to, to, to use Karl Marx and John Lennon and Dali. Right. But Mr. Ben and maybe the general. Yeah, that's where I got, you know, I think a, a rule of thumb I always try to follow is if you're going to sell the stuff, you better have licenses and all your paperwork in order and all that. But, um, you know, people do fan art all the time. You know, I mean, we were just talking about, you know, people posting stuff on Instagram and things like that of, of the, the, the latest shows they're watching, you know, people, I mean, there's like a million Walter White's being posted and now probably the walking dead now that it's starting back up and it's just part of the experience. Um, you know, the artists take when watching shows. So I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think, but it's when you start selling the stuff, I think that's when you've crossed the line. Now where it is between the fan art and selling it, I'm not really sure where that line is, you know, cause I'm look, I'm looking at my wall, which is covered with, um, I've got planet of the apes, Mondo posters. <laughs> um, and you know, these things, I mean, they're, they're lovely. They're beautiful signed, numbered you know, original screen prints. Um, but obviously at the bottom of those is, you know, Planet of the Apes is trademark, copyright, 20th Century Fox, blah, 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 blah. And I imagine that they would obviously, Mondo would obviously have to have, you know, negotiated with Fox to 
be able to use the, you know, maybe even the word Planet of the Apes. Right. Maybe even the thing. So maybe the, maybe the distinction is whether you're going to sell it or not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I drop, draw the line. Um, you know, if things are going to be resell, things for resale, then, you know, then then I probably won't go there unless we've got an actual license with the companies, the licensors. But yeah, I, you know, or if it's just one-off stuff, like what you hire me to do, it's, that's when it's, you know, I'm not really sure. No. I mean, have you got boundaries as to what you'll do and what you won't do? Yes. That's, I've got boundaries that I've kind of set up. Um, I mean, I know there's artists that I follow that they, they do. There's, there's an artist I follow on Twitter and Instagram, uh, New Zealand, Paul Shipper. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, he does, um, he has a very realistic style. And I mean, he's an awesome illustrator and he, he does pretty much pop culture movie stuff or TV show stuff. You know, he does a lot of, um, you know, he's done like, uh, Iron Man three. He, he just did a late, uh, walking dead poster and, uh, he, he did a lot of Indiana Jones stuff. He actually sent me a book a few years ago on Indiana Jones artwork that he did, that he had Apple, one of those Apple books that he sent me. But so he might be one to really, who really knows how to, you know, where the line is and, and all that stuff. So, uh, but that's pretty much all he does. You know, he's always posting tricky. So let's talk about contracts then. Sure. Because you know you mentioned you mentioned paperwork. We we talk a lot about web design usually, um, but I think it, I think people are going to find it interesting because you've got a very different approach. I think as an illustrator, or there's different differences in in contracts um, between what we might do in terms of a web project and what you might do as you know, an illustration project. Um, but do you always do you always use a contract? Yeah, mostly. Yeah, I. Yeah, especially mostly or always. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> um, I should always do. I pretty, uh, with new clients, I always do. Um, absolutely. I will not, yeah, I won't do it without it. And, and, and I, and I think that just, I know you've mentioned how contracts really, one of the, ba- the biggest benefits of a contract is professionalism, you know, and then, you know, kind of just getting everyone on the same page. And that's really what I use contracts for. Um, I, you know, if, if I, I've never come across an instance where I've had to pull out a contract for legal reasons. You know, it's all just to kind of get every, we're all of us on the same page and as a communication tool. So, but I hate doing contracts. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you've, asked me, you've asked me to sign one every time, just so that you know. Huh? <laughs> Every time you've asked me to sign a contract. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, because I you know, look shifty or something. You are. Yeah, no. I. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to explain now. In... <laughs> no, like I said, like stuff, stuff that's probably from a couple of years ago on, I, I 100% contract base. Yeah. Um, I do. I know. I I would. I I I struggle to struggle sometimes to to do repeat business contracts. You know, when somebody just pops up and goes, "Ah, I've got a new thing." Um, sometimes I struggle to yeah need it's, to go. It's through the repeat the stuff that process. it's the repeat stuff that that's when it's not in a hundred percent. You know, um, I think the reason I give you a contract every time is because it's there's enough of a span. But there's some some clients that are constantly coming back to me you know, before I've even finished the last one. Um, and so it's, it's just, it's hard to always create like a contract each time, you know, fresh, I use fresh books for my invoicing and they do, uh, and they do, you know, estimates that you can send out an estimate and they can just click accept. So I'll use that a lot too. And kind of use that as like a, in terms of a contract, I don't know how legally binding that those are, but pretty much. Yeah. We've, we talked about fresh books a lot on the show um before it's yeah i mean our, our 
our invoicing system is like archaic. It's <laughs> held together with, with kind of gaffer tape and string. So yeah, I used to, I used to create when I first started on my own, I used to do the uh, invoices in InDesign and, you know, use spreadsheets and spend hours creating one invoice. <laughs> so, so I'm just looking at the last, I've just pulled up the last contract that you sent me for this current project that we're not talking about. Okay. And, uh, there's a couple of things in here that, that kind of stand out. Cause I mean, obviously I've read this, I've passed it through my lawyer and all of that. No, I didn't. I just, <laughs> just signed it. So I think I signed it in, in, yeah, on the move at some point, but you've got this thing here. It, uh, da, 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 da. Illustrator re- retains full copyrights. So you said here, you said to me, Illustrator, that's you. Mm-hmm. Why do you, why do you speak about, why, do, why don't you just say I or Josh or why do you say Illustrator? I don't know. Time? I really don't, that's, I don't have an answer. Yeah, I, maybe it sounds, I, that's how I've read them in the past, sample contracts in the past. So that's how I've written it. I, I, it's always bugged me too. And I don't know why I've never changed it. Um, but, as you say here, Illustrator grants clients, so me, um, the right to use supplied illustrations on the website stuffandnonsense.co.uk. Illustrator retains full copyrights. So is that to limit the scope of what I can do with the artwork? Is that why that's there? Yeah, actually, you're in trouble because I did listen to that. Was it John Hicks? You <laughs> were... <laughs> <laughs> You'll be hearing from my lawyer. No, uh, no yeah, okay. You know, sometimes, I, sometimes I'll put them on the top of a quote. Yeah, okay. No, I don't care about that. I, <laughs> no, I don't. Now, if you were selling T-shirts and things like that, um, that's when you know that's when we need to talk. You know, and but ownership is a really funny thing, and I've never gotten my head around it with in terms of artwork and. <laughs> It's, it's, it's one of those things that just like, okay, like you and, you and John were talking about, I think it was with your conversation with John, like, I can't just go and sell that artwork myself either. So what's the point in having an ownership thing if I can't use it either for my own personal gain, which I don't, which I don't mind. I mean, I, when I create artwork for a client, I really don't. I really don't really pay that much attention to ownership. My main goal is that it serves your needs, communicates, you know, what you need it to communicate and you're happy with the process. So, um, yeah, if you wanted to sell t-shirts, you know, then we'd have to talk. Uh, if you open up a different business, you know, or you can't, you know, it also means you can't, you know, give it to another party you know hey here's use my my uh mod illustrations that this guy did for me you can't do that so yeah it creates real strong boundaries of what you can and can't do but um have you had people come back to you and wanting to extend the contract for things yeah i mean obviously i've had i've had many people say hey we want to actually own it you know we want and and then i will make sure at that point you know, that there's, you know, there's, uh, there's boundaries. Like you can't, you can't open up another company and use it for a different company or things like I've already mentioned. Um, and also I make sure that I can put it in my portfolio, obviously. So yeah. well, when, when we had the, I think I mentioned this on, on the show with John, when we had Kevin Cornell do the illustrations for the hard book cover, um, we then went back to him and paid more money uh, to be able to, you know, use that same artwork on some posters that we were going to bundle with a book. Yeah. So I can, I can see how, you know, cause you wouldn't want me to take those things and make action figures out of them, and, you know, <laughs> sell the action figures or sell the license. Of you that should to, make you know. action figures out of them. That'd be cool. <laughs> actually, they would be really cool. Actually. Yeah. The stuff, the stuff we're doing right now, which we're not going to talk about, um, Ah oh, man, I want those things as toys. <laughs> you know the little dunnies? You know the, those little uh, things, dunnies, the, the toys, blind box things? How do you spell them? D-U. D-U-N-N-Y. Just Google them real quick. Yeah. I'll tell you what you should do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Those, those kind of little Japanese collectible things, they come in like a foil packet. So you can't see which one you, you bought. Um, there's another, another one. Uh, you know, uh, John Bergerman illustrator. Um, no. How okay. So G- Google heroes of burger town. Um, John Bergerman's a brilliant illustrator doodler guy. Um, you British guy. I think he lives in, I think he lives in the States now. Burger town. And okay. he came up with this whole set of these weird little characters <laughs> from burger town. And then they got made into, uh, little figures, little collectible figures. Right. That so the stuff cool. that, yeah, I know, isn't it just? <laughs> so the things that we're doing now, ah, they would look so brilliant. Oh, but yeah. you see, this is what, this, this is where we might get into a problem with, you know, with what they are. Yes. It's hard to talk about this without being spoilery. Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's not do <laughs> <more>. <laughs> so web designers have an issue often with clients wanting ownership of the site, right? They want ownership of the design. Yeah. And I put this into my contract killer that I wrote. Um, and I say, after all the usual kind of stuff, I say, we, as in stuff, uh, we own the unique combination of all the elements that constitutes a complete design. And we license that to you exclusively um, and in perpetuity for this project only, unless we agree otherwise. And, you know, if that's the case, we'll, we'll agree something different. You know, we'll provide a separate estimate if, in case you want to own it. Um, and I can't count the number of times that people have come back and said, uh, okay, yes. Yeah, so, you know, can, you know, can you just assign copyright to us at the end of the job? And I go, yeah. 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 It's a funny thing. Cause I try to look at it from a client's perspective. And if I was, if I was buying something, you know, just anything, any product or anything, you know, I buy it, you know, I expect to have ownership of it. Right. So it's kind of a weird thing that, you know, I can kind of understand people's points when they come back, especially people that have never hired an illustrator before. Um, but if you buy something, if I go and buy a sweater, yeah, sure, I own the sweater, but I don't own the copyright of the design of the sweater. Right, right. And I can't go That's off and point, make another. Yeah. I can't go and make another sweater. Right. Yes. Exactly. And if you know, if I, you know, I finished the website this week, I installed it, all of the codes up on the client server. They could lock me out of all of the control panels and the FTP today if they wanted to. And they could clone that site and turn it into, you know, a million other stores all right. based on the same code base. You know, they might change a bit of CSS here and there, but you know, they could do that. So the, the contract's supposed to protect you know, my interest and stop them doing that. I suppose. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same thing really. Um, yeah, I suppose I bet, I bet I haven't looked at the contract killer. I bet the web design contracts are much more extensive. Yeah. I put all kinds of crap in there yeah, about, you know, what browsers. So and stuff. many, so many moving parts with that. I, I imagine. Yours is okay. Yours isn't like, you know, it's not 20 pages worth of legalese. It's, what is it? Three pages yeah, of I, stuff that you can I have understand. no idea how bulletproof it is. <laughs> like it, cause I've never ran it by a lawyer, but I mean, I've taken bits and pieces from examples I've seen here and there and just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm always changing it. I'm always modifying it. And obviously with each, project each project is unique so i always have to kind of change it here and there but um yeah it's it qual it, it it's filed under the business end the the yeah. not fun end of running your own business i suppose oh yeah contracts <laughs> oh, oh, oh i'm looking i'm looking at something else in here which i might fall foul of <laughs> as well oh so see talking about sketches and rough comps and rejected designs and things. And you uh-huh. say client client may not publish or circulate any such material without your express written <laughs> consent. Uh-oh. So, Uh-oh. so d- does that mean that I shouldn't have posted the sketches of the nutty boys on my blog? No, <laughs> you're fine. Hey, I, I linked to your blog. I've seen that. No, but, I, I think, okay. I think like, if, like if I 
I'm not sure. Let's see, why did I even put that in there? I think it, it's one of those role or one of those boundaries where if there is a problem, I can point back to that and be like, Hey, look, you know, the biggest part of that is you're giving things is, is or a potential client giving that stuff away or using a sketch in some other fashion, you know, but Hey, if you're blogging about the design and I, I, I mean, I, if I showed you a sketch, then I'm probably okay with a sketch, I guess is what I'm saying. But yeah, I don't know if I'm being very, uh, no, yeah, I like it. I, I actually really like your contract. And you, you have this bit also that you, you know, you've got the right to post your work online and yes. uh, in a physical portfolio and you can brag about it to your mom and your dad. Which I yes. really like. Yeah. <laughs> I added um, a few bits in that contract after listening to you and, and talk about the, uh, your contract killer and all that, you know, I've, I've added a few, like the big dog that things. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some stuff in yours, which I need to put back into the contract killer, which is the, the whole kill fee thing, which I still haven't got my head around. I still haven't figured out what the best way of, of, of dealing with that is. Yeah. I, I've seen the way I have it in there. I've seen it. That's how other people have, other illustrators have handled it. So I haven't had anybody, uh, complain about that. And so I just left it in. Yeah. Only- I'm, I'm treating it as basically, um, open, Unless if, unless the client's asked us to sign an NDA, which you know we did today on a project, mm-hmm. um, I'm just thinking now, and I'm going to make sure that it's written into the contract properly that everything is open and publishable by default. Yeah, you know, they can opt. Maybe they can opt out of that stuff, but by default, you know that's what we want to do. We want to blog about things. I need to blog more. <laughs> you blog more. I need to blog more. I, a while back, I tried to make my blog a more of an Instagram style forum, I guess, or just something where I could just post something just real quick. Cause I tend to, I tend to want my blog posts to be a little more polished, you know, but like Instagram and things like that, or you just posting a picture on Twitter is much more in the moment. And I kind of want my blog to be more like that. And I haven't figured out how to do that mm. from a, from it, Mine's yeah. just, it's just basically been a bloody promo for, for this podcast for about the last year. <laughs> um, it's a good job we've had the podcast because otherwise I wouldn't have posted, <laughs> I've posted like six things all year, which is, I used to write a lot, you know, back in the day, I used to be writing about all kinds of stuff, you know, all the time. You know, I'd, I'd sometimes do two or three blog posts in a day. Yeah. Um, you know, but sometimes the things would be links. And of course now you just put that stuff on Twitter. Oh, what is this? Here we go. This. <laughs> yeah. so, no, no, there's another bit that I was, I wanted to ask you about. Okay. Cause you've, you've got, you've got this thing. I think people are going to love this. Um, in your contract, satisfaction guarantee. <laughs> All right. Illustrator is committed to work, um, performed. Illustrator guarantees a hundred percent satisfaction with the work. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Seems... guarantees that all work performed is original and unique, uh, and will modify. Illustrator will modify work until the client is a hundred percent satisfied. That, that that is boy, oh boy, that is the bravest thing I've is. ever seen and written every in a time contract. I look at it, I'm like, do I want to keep that in there? <sighs> okay, so let's talk about this because <sighs> I've I've started to. I don't charge per hour. We we charge per week and we kind of think to ourselves right that's how long something should take and then yeah the the, the price that we quote the client is based on time you know and right, right. i think it's a fair i think it's a fair rate but there's always that worry um we've allocated a couple of days next week to work on a, a on a brand new design for a brand new client and you know we're really looking forward to it. it's beautiful um but what happens if you know what happens if after the 18th iteration <laughs> not <laughs> They're not happy, and we've spent eight months working on this instead of eight hours. I could never put that in a contract. Yeah, you know, maybe my wording is a little misleading because I do. I've been do. I've been the illustrators have a couple ways of approaching quoting uh, per project. Um, kind of the standard method, and I think I've 
done this with you in past projects where you get like two or three or four iterations before the final or before it's done. And if you, anything more than that, you know, you got to charge extra. We got to, we'll, we'll talk. Right. Well, I, I guess I've never felt that that was a very, at least in my, the way I, I like to work with clients, you know, much more fluid manner, you know, I've never really been satisfied with that approach. So I'm trying out this new method. I'm not sure if it's going to work or not, where create a, a due date. And so I'll allocate the hours on my own end, you know, how long I think a project is going to take until that due date. But anything past that due date, if the client is still, you know, coming back to me, you know, on the client side with major changes, then we'll have to talk about additional prices. And maybe I need to reference that back into that line that you were talking about, about the 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Well, yeah, you can be satisfied, but it may cost you if you're like changing things forever and ever and ever, you know, but I've never had a problem with either of those clauses, I guess. No one's ever, you know, and maybe it's just, I don't know. I'd like to talk to photographers as well and, um, you know, writers or something, because I, th I think that it's any creative field. We all struggle with the same types of things, whether it's, you know, contracts or getting paid or something. So you can find all the links that we mentioned in this episode in the show notes. Those are at unfinished.bz slash 40. That's four zero. Um, they can follow you, Josh, on Twitter at, at Josh Cleland. Um, or me, I'm at Malarkey. And to ask us questions or suggest topics, you can message the show on Twitter at unfinishedbz or you can email me. He has at unfinished.bz. And thanks again to our sponsor this week. That was Blush. Cheers, Josh.